Hello, I'm Martin Park. You can call me coach. Welcome to the channel. Today, I'm going to talk about the formation of your destiny. I started working full-time when I was 14 years and six months old. This was the earliest anyone was allowed to leave school back in 1971, and to do so, you needed an approval letter from a parent, which I got from my mother. My first job, and it was always only going to be a temporary job, as I had bigger plans, was working full-time, which was 48 hours a week at that time, at a suburban supermarket, packing the shelves and working the cash register. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad, and I worked there until I turned 15, which was the age you had to be to apply for a job as a projectionist apprenticeship in a movie cinema. And working in a movie cinema was something that I had wanted to do since I was nine years old after watching Doctor Who and the Daleks in 1966 with my dad at a cinema in Halifax, England, which was where I was born, and instantly falling in love with movies and the cinema. So the moment I turned 15, I applied for a job at Hoyt's Theatres and I got it. I first started working as a spoolboy, which is a job position that was below the assistant projectionist and below the projectionist, and way, way, way below the head projectionist, which is what I wanted to become, but I had a job and I was working in the cinema. My first position was at the Mayfair Cinema in Castle Ray Street, Sydney, screening Cabaret with Liza Minnelli. That was over 40 years ago, but I don't just remember it, I can feel it. What good is sitting alone in your room? Come hear the music play. Life is a cabaret, old chum. Come to the cabaret. What a great start. There were two shifts, the morning and the afternoon, and I worked the afternoon shift, which started at 4.30pm and finished at 11pm. For me, the same passion that I had to get out of school and start working also extended to my need to be independent. So three weeks after starting my new job as a schoolboy, I moved out of my family home and into a small one-bedroom furnished flat of my own in Cronulla. And this was good for me, as I had the money now and my mother had insisted on making sure that all her boys knew how to shop and cook and clean and wash and iron, so I was fully covered. Along with now having to do everything for myself, it also took me an hour and a half on the train to get to work, and the same coming home. But none of that mattered to me, because in my head, I was working in show business. Going to work, I would get off the train at Town Hall Station and walk to the cinema from there. And on the walk from the station to the cinema, I would pass a bookshop in Clarence Street called the Adyar Bookshop. And I remember when I walked past it for the first time, I didn't just see it, I smelt it, as they were burning some strange incense sticks at the front door to let everyone know that they were different. They weren't like the camera shop that you just passed, or the sandwich shop, or the clothes shop. They were different. The Adyar Bookshop was a mind-body-spirit bookshop specialising in metaphysical and alternative books, and it had been open since 1922. They had an extensive range of books covering subject areas such as astrology, paganism, Buddhism, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, comparative religion, Eastern medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, alternative health, alternative education, Jungian psychology, mythology, self-help, psychology, spirit teachings, theosophy, Western mysteries, yoga and many, many more subjects. Once I found this shop, which I am so glad I did, my daily routine was to get there by 12pm, then sit on the floor and read until 4pm, which then gave me enough time to get to work by 4.30pm. Perfect. 
I went every day, six days a week, sitting on the floor and reading and learning mind-boggling things. And looking back, I didn't realize it at the time as I was so focused on all the reading and learning, but the people that worked in the shop were very kind and supportive of some skinny young boy coming in every day and reading without ever buying anything. They would often bring me cups of herbal tea to sip as I read or ask me if I would like a sandwich or some fruit or something, which was lovely of them. So that was my six day per week routine. Bookshop and read, then work at the cinema. And on my one day off per week, I would go and see two to three feature films at different cinemas as I could go to any cinema for free as I worked in the industry. And I saw everything. I could even get into the R-rated movies, which were only for people over the age of 18, so I saw a lot. And this simultaneous job plus bookshop routine went on for the entire three years of my projectionist apprenticeship, and I loved every minute of it. But in 1975, when I had finished my apprenticeship, the full automation of cinemas came in, which changed the nature of the job as a projectionist entirely. There was no more interaction between what I did and what the audience experienced, so I was no longer in show business, I was just a button pusher. And that was sad for me, but inevitable, as everything that could be automated was becoming automated. So then I decided on a career change. I decided to study naturopathy at the St. Leonard's College of Natural Therapies. And yes, I know, completely unrelated to showing movies, but due to the past three years of my 20 plus hours a week of self-study and education at the Adyar Bookshop, I'd become more and more interested in the whole field of physical, mental and spiritual health and wellness. My journey to the college was longer than going into the city to work in the cinema. I now had to go to the city and then change trains, so it took me nearly two and a half hours to get there, and the same coming home. But, regardless of that, and the fact that I had to work in lots of shitty jobs to earn money to be able to afford to live and pay for my course fees, I persisted. And three years later, at the age of almost 21, I was a qualified naturopath. Including my 20 plus hours a week of self-study and education at the RGR Bookshop, along with my naturopathy course, I had now been studying for six years and I was eager and ready for the next stage of my life, which, as is often the case with life and destiny, I didn't have to wait long as it came and found me. My mother died on my 21st birthday. I was in Western Australia at the time she died. I was travelling on a holiday of exploration and I got a telegram from my father telling me to call him as something very grave had happened. She had been involved in a head-on car collision and she died on the way to the hospital. I was as close to my mother as is possible for anyone to be with another human being. She was a wonderful woman and I still miss her all these years later. This was a massive shift and a huge tragedy and something that I had never experienced before. Shortly after her death, I experienced my first panic attack. I was sitting in a cinema, a place of comfort and security to me, and at some point in watching the movie, I had an incredible and irrational urge to get up and run out into the street, as I felt that something terrible was going to happen if I didn't. So I did. I ran out into the street in a panicked mess. And that began a two-year journey of my own into mental and emotional disorders, and particularly stress anxiety, depression, and chronic panic attacks. I am by nature a fighter, not in a I will punch you in the face sense, but in the barring death I will never give up sense. And I believe this is a largely positive trait and one that I have retained throughout my life. But in relation to anxiety, stress, and panic attacks, it was not only useless, it was keeping me trapped and stopping me from recovering.
Unfortunately, I was unaware of this at the time, so I continued to try and fight my way out of it with everything that I had. But my fighting proved completely useless and ineffective. Six months after my first panic attack, I had a complete breakdown and ended up in hospital, where I stayed for three weeks, followed by six more weeks in a psychiatric hospital. Not good. But while there, in amongst talking to doctors and specialists and whoever else came along, there was a nurse a lovely nurse, a woman in her 50s who worked on the ward that I was on and who knew of my circumstances and we struck up a friendship. And on the day I was discharged, she gave me a book. It was titled Self-Help for Your Nerves by Dr. Claire Wicks. And that day not only marked the beginning of my recovery, but it was the beginning of my lifelong journey into health and wellness and coaching. And why am I telling you all this? Well, one reason is so that you have a bit more of an understanding of who I am and what motivates me. And the other is because I want you to see that in life's journey, our choices and experiences, big and small, shape our destinies. Sometimes we are in control and driving the ship, and sometimes we are not. We are more like a passenger being taken along on destiny's ride. As you navigate your own journey, I want you to remember that your destiny is not set in stone. It is a work in progress and a work that is waiting for your choices and passions to breathe life into it. So embrace lifelong learning and self-improvement and focus on making yourself the best version of yourself that is humanly possible. And that way you will arm yourself with all the tools that you're going to need to navigate a life well lived. I thank you for listening and I look forward to spending some time with you again. Bye for now.